Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hi, folks. Uh, Welcome to another episode of Pro Football in the 1970s. I'm your host, Joe Zagorski. And today we're going to be talking about the greatest quarterbacks of the decade. Well, I have refrained from discussing this topic on purpose because I know that it will inspire plenty of debates but I must give in and talk about it here. It's probably one of the most common topics for any pro football historian who studies this time period, who were the greatest quarterbacks in the decade of the 1970s. And among them, who was the best? I know that I am opening a Pandora's box of sorts, but it is time that I gird my loins as it were and address the issue head on. I believe that there were nine truly great quarterbacks in the NFL during the 1970s. I'm going to list them in random order here, then at the end of this podcast, I'm going to make my case for who I feel is the greatest of the ones that I list here. The finalists are, in random order, Terry Bradshaw. We know all about his four Super Bowl wins and his four Super Bowl games. And we also know that he had a rocket for a right arm. He was also big enough to run with the ball, especially earlier in his career. He could break several attempted tackles on many of his runs. He completed 2,025 passes and 3,901 attempts for 27,989 total passing yards. And he also threw for 212 touchdown passes during his 14-year career all with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was named the most valuable player in Super Bowls 13 and 14, and he is a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The next quarterback on this list is Ken Stabler. The issue that I have with Stabler was that he was on some truly great seasons with the Raiders and many more mediocre seasons with the Oilers and the Saints. He ran a great two-minute drill He was probably the best at it from 1973 to 1977. Uh, Stabler completed 2,270 passes and 3,793 attempts for 27,938 total passing yards and 194 touchdown passes during his 15-year career. Stabler was rated as the league's highest-ranking passer in 1976. He won one Super Bowl and he is a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I know that some of you might ask me why Bob Greasy is on this list. Well, I'll tell you. Greasy was a very athletic quarterback who had the ability to move around in the pocket. He was probably the second best in the league at scrambling next to Fran Tarkenton. Once he got a weapon to throw to, like Paul Warfield, he then spent more of his time throwing the ball. Greasy was a member of three Super Bowl teams winning two of them. He completed 1,926 passes and 3,429 attempts for 25,092 total passing yards. 
He also threw for 192 touchdowns during his 14-year career, all with the Dolphins. He led the league in passing in 1977, and Greasy is also a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Roger Staubach is an obvious choice for this list. Once he was given the starting job as, as starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys back in 1971, the Cowboys began winning consistently. He led the NFL in quarterback rating in 1971, 1973, 1978, and 1979. No other quarterback on this list was rated as the top passer more than twice. Staubach played in four Super Bowls in his career, winning two of them. He finished his career with 1,685 pass completions and 2,958 passing attempts for 22,700 total passing yards. He also threw for 153 touchdowns. With Staubach under center, the Cowboys were never shut out. He is a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I previously mentioned Fran Tarkenton, and he's on this list. And when he retired, he was the all-time statistical leader in almost every major NFL passing category. He began the decade as the quarterback for the New York Giants, but when he was traded back to his initial team, the Minnesota Vikings, in 1972, he really began to flourish. From 1973 until his retirement following the 1978 season, Tarkenton came into his own. He led the Vikings to three NFC championships in 1973, 1974, and 1976. He finished his 18-year career by completing 3,686 passes and 6,467 attempts for 47,003 total yards and 342 touchdowns. He, too, is a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Now, Burt Jones had the nickname of the Rustin Louisiana Rifle, or just the Rustin Rifle, and he certainly displayed a rifle for a right arm. From 1975 to 1977, Jones turned the Baltimore Colts from a losing team to a winning one. In each of those three seasons, Baltimore made the playoffs thanks largely to Jones's efforts. He had one heck of a rifle for a right arm. Anyone who saw him play can attest to that. But unfortunately for Jones, he also had his share of arm and shoulder injuries from 1978 until the end of his career in 1982. If he did not have so many injuries, Jones would probably be a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and the Colts would have undoubtedly won more games than they did at that time. Jones completed 1,430 passes and 2,551 attempts for 18,190 yards and 124 touchdowns during his 10-year pro career. Ken Anderson of the Cincinnati Bengals is also on this list. He enjoyed more health and more success than Burt Jones. Anderson led the NFL in passing in both 1974 and 1975. He was one of the most accurate passers of his era. He led the league in completion percentage three times during his 16-year career. Anderson benefited throughout most of the decade from the tutelage of future Hall of Fame head coach Bill Walsh, who coached quarterbacks at Cincinnati during most of the 1970s. Anderson completed 2,654 passes and 4,475 attempts for 32,838 yards and 197 touchdowns. Now, the last two quarterbacks on this list we're both fortunate to learn all about the pro passing game from Hall of Fame head coach Don Coryell. 
Dan Fouts of the San Diego Chargers was a good quarterback until uh, Don Coryell became his head coach. Then Fouts became a great quarterback. Now granted, Fouts had John Jefferson, Charlie Joyner, and Kellen Winslow to throw to, but Fouts nevertheless was a great pocket passer. He finished his 15-year career by completing 3,297 passes and 5,604 attempts for 43,040 yards and 254 touchdowns. He led the NFL in passing yardage four consecutive seasons from 1979 to 1982. Although he never took San Diego to a Super Bowl, he still made it to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, Jim Hart rounds out this list, and his career speaks to the success of persistence. On several occasions, Hart was placed on second string by several different coaches. Then as soon as Don Coryell became the Cardinals head coach in 1973, Hart was promoted back to first string, and he stayed there with the support of Coryell. Hart responded by completing 2,593 passes and 5,076 attempts for 34,665 yards and 209 touchdowns during his 19-year career. Hart led the Cardinals to the NFC Eastern Division Championships in both 1974 and 1975. How well would these teams uh, who employed these great quarterbacks have fared if those signal callers were injured during any one particular year? The answer is merely conjecture, but I'm guessing that those teams would probably have lost more games than they won. And what do you think? I'd be interested to hear your opinions. Um, also, my my guess, uh, my pick for the best quarterback of the decade, I'd, I'd have to go slightly with Roger Stallback over Terry Bradshaw. Now, for the trivia question for this episode, and it kind of ties into the previous statement, can you tell me who were the backup quarterbacks for any of the quarterbacks that I discussed here in this episode? Good luck on that because it's a toughie. Thanks also for listening in to this episode of Pro Football in the 1970s. Look forward to talking with you again next time on the next episode. Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude. And I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Join George Bozica, the president of the PFRA, and myself, John Bozica, each month for the Professional Football Researchers Association official podcast. We'll discuss the history of the game, the many names of the game, and so many different things for you, making the history of football not only entertaining, but fun at the same time, as we join you on the Sports History Network on the official PFRA podcast. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.